Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This trade makes the list in part because. Flyers fans and media people still talk about it. Like, this is like the number one sticking point in the history of the Flyers is that they traded away Justin Williams for Danny Markov. In the moment, he was more happy about the player you got rid of. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, no question. It was a weight off his shoulders. <laughs> right away, we told them if there was a deal in Philadelphia, it had to be Rod Brindamore. It was twofold. They didn't want to trade him, and he was hurt. He had a broken ankle or a broken foot. And we said, that's fine. We'll just wait. We'll wait till it heals. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast with your host, Adam Gold. The Canes Corner Podcast is a part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. And now, here's Adam. Welcome to the 25th anniversary Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. Appreciate your time as we continue taking a look at the Hurricanes franchise after it left Hartford and moved to North Carolina. And everything has really been about the moment and the years most closely following the move. But as we kind of wind this down, we're going to take a look at the best that this franchise has had to offer. In our final episode, we'll talk about the greatest games that this franchise has ever played in North Carolina as the Carolina Hurricanes. But in this episode, the best transactions, the best trade, the best free agent signings, in some cases, the best re-signings that the franchise has made. 25 years worth of options for us all, and it ranges all the way from 1998 all the way through today. So here's who's with us in this episode. We've got Luke DeCock of the News and Observer. He has covered the Hurricanes. He came here as a beat reporter. He has covered the Hurricanes for 20-plus years. Mike Sundheim, who was at one point an intern with the Hurricanes all the way back before the turn of the century and is now a vice president of communications. And those two gentlemen joined me in studio to talk about the best trades, the best transactions in franchise history as the Carolina Hurricanes. So let's start the ball rolling with Mike Sundheim. Number five is uh, what I believe was Ron Francis's best acquisition. Okay. Or best move, um, aside from the draft. And that was the acquisition of Tevo Teravainen, June 15th, 2016. They took the contract of Brian Bickle. Took the contract of Brian Bickle. <laughs> And got Tavo Teravainen for a second second round pick and a third round pick. They'd also uh, he'd also gone to the well with Chicago on a couple other trades around then that I wouldn't have on this list, <laughs> um, including one in 2017 to bring in a number one netminder. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. that one's not making it. That's a thing. Very that... <laughs> liberal use of the phrase number one. Yes. <laughs> Thoughts on that particular trade? 
Luke? Was not on my list, which skews probably a hair older, but totally, uh, you know, up there mm-hmm. in terms of best sort of acquisitions without giving up assets. I have zero problem with that being on the list. If I had six or seven, that would absolutely be it, my it, top five. It was definitely in the hunt for number five for me. Um, I thought hard about it because Tavo is a foundational piece of this group. And, you know, I like to use the phrase, you can't tell the story of without. And I think of this Hurricanes team, you can't tell the story of it without uh, contributions from Tavo Teravainen, the rare player who got better after signing a big contract. Agreed. I mean, how many players get better after some, signing Some would argue contract? not big enough. Maybe Tavo would argue not big enough in retrospect. Well, that's coming. We only have yeah. two years to, <laughs> to figure that out. Luke, what's number five on your list? Number five on my list uh, is 2004, Danny Markov for Justin Williams. Luke didn't make that trade. Jim Rutherford made that trade. So let's get Jim Rutherford's thoughts before we kick it back to Luke. Well, that was a really good one, and it was all circumstances. Philadelphia was in a real jam. Their defense was really banged up, and they were really short. I think they had three or four of their top four defensemen injured, and and they were in a jam. And uh, timing is everything, and as it turned out, the timing was right where – you know, we could we could go after a younger player. We love Justin Williams. He played on the junior team in Plymouth, so we knew him inside out and uh, felt very strong. Uh, there were no surprises for us, even to the point of, of what he's done over his career. This is a player that knows the game inside out as well as any player or any coaches in the league. You can sit with Justin Williams, and he understands that game as well as anybody, and uh, just played such a such a key role for the Hurricanes over the years. Uh, one of the great steals of all time, really, Danny Markov. You, you very rarely do you win a trade giving up a defenseman for a forward, but uh, you get a young forward, a future leader uh, for a guy who didn't wasn't a great fit here, um, and and really, I, uh, this trade makes the list. In part because Flyers fans and media people still talk about it. Like this is like the number one sticking point in the history of the Flyers is that they traded away Justin Williams for Danny Markov. That's like I, everything else the Flyers have done that's dumb and stupid. For some reason, this one sticks out. But I do think it's an example of the kind of trade that you may question at the time uh, because you are giving up a guy who was mm-hmm. playing a lot of minutes on defense for a for a young winger. Uh, but Justin Williams was obviously ha- has become over the next 18 years such an important part of this franchise, not that entire 18 years, but over the 18 years uh, that to me that 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 was worth including in, in my five. Well, when we added when I thought it would be interesting and it would change the list if we added transactions as opposed to just making a trades. Yeah, that trade was easily in the top five. Um, but when I added transactions. It got bumped out because, I mean, there are other things. And maybe it should, should have still been in the list, but we need to have some uh, some variance. I mean, Williams is, I mean, a huge part of two errors. No, <laughs> and, no and doubt maybe, about it. And maybe another one coming forward. I, I did not have that one. It's definitely the best trade involving a player who smoked cigarettes between periods in <laughs> Hurricanes history. I, I'll, I'll I let actually, you guess which one. I, I Can't we argue that point, though? 
I feel like I feel like that may, that that's in contention for the best trade involving a player who smokes cigarettes between See, periods. I don't. I didn't spend enough time around these people at the time, so I don't know. I I I just don't. But it's it's great. Now I'm all, all I'm thinking about is the Len Dawson photo of him in the locker room at halftime for the Chiefs smoking a cigarette, and I think there's a Coke somewhere uh, somewhere near him. All right, my my number five, which I, is probably on everybody's list anyway. Uh, Sanders Ozilinch and Byron Ritchie to Florida for Brett Hedekin, Kevin Adams, and Thomas Malik. That was the selling point. Th- Thomas Malik, former uh, first round pick, who I think played uh, a couple of games. Um, Mallets is Ma- pronounced T S. <laughs> Thomas Mallets. Well, it it all depends on who you talk to. Uh, but you probably have the correct pronunciation. But Hedekin, obviously, foundational piece of the not only the O two but the O six team, and Kevin. Uh, was obviously a very good player and a and part of leadership for that team. Uh, this might have been skewed by personal relationships. Uh, I had a number two. Number two. I had a number two. I had a number two as well. I'm selling that trade short. Look at that. I'll just say Jimmy was very happy to tell me he made that trade that day. <laughs> well, you, I'll leave out the colorful language, but he was very happy. Jim Rutherford explains how it all went down. We were really light on the defense, and we acquired him because we needed a puck-moving guy. And he came in, and, and, and he played okay for us. But uh, it got to the point where he was a little banged up and uh, wasn't uh, giving us as much as we would have liked. People in our organization said, well, with his contract, you know, you're not going to be able to trade him. And... Uh, and I said, you can't say that. You you always have to believe that you can accomplish something. And so, so anyways, uh, Florida showed interest in them. Uh, we were looking at adding uh, different pieces to our team. We were fortunate that we were able to get some real high quality character guys in in Hedekin and Adams, and and they fit the role that we were looking for. Uh, fit it very well, and so it was a deal that worked out worked out for us. I had another GM ask me later on that season. I, Jimmy had made another trade. I can't remember which one. It might have been. I, I only was the Sean Hill trade. Uh, well, uh, obviously the '06, but yeah, some other trade in the '02 season. And uh, another GM in a press box asked me, "Is Jimmy ever going to stop taking advantage of rookie GMs?" <laughs> That's why he's in the Hall of Fame. Right, yeah. it's it's really it's why he is in the Hall of Fame. Uh, what what Mike? Why do you think he was so? I mean, obviously they brought in two uh, very big pieces and character guys. In the moment, he was more happy about the player he got rid of. Yes, <laughs> yeah, no, no question. It was a weight off his shoulders. <laughs> Uh, we're, we're, he was friends with Urbay though, right? Wasn't he good friends with Urbay, or wasn't he? They were countrymen, and they right. were, you know, they were friends. I don't know that they were are still hanging out to this day. But <laughs> is is that did I make the mistake that we make when we think all Finns are friends with each other? Most of them are, <laughs> well, except maybe one who was traded uh, to Florida a few years ago. Um, mm. All right, number four for you, Mike, is what? I have the Ron Francis signing as a free agent. In July of 1998, that's number four. I, I have it on my list, too. Do you have it on your list, Luke? I don't. Uh, my list was, was a little more trade-focused um, okay. because that was sort of the original intent. But I don't question the importance of that in terms of legitimizing this franchise. Why sign a player who was into the sunset of his career? 
it was an easy call for Jim Rutherford. We were looking for uh, leadership, character, identity. We felt with the opportunity to add Ronnie, despite the fact where, you know, it was later on in his career, that he could still help us as a player. He was still a good player, and he could change the culture. That was the purpose of that, and, uh, and it really helped a lot. More important because in a new market, he was an absolute bona fide superstar? Yeah, certainly name recognition. Yes, that, uh, that, that was also a part of it. I, have a, I actually have a different center signing as my most important transaction in franchise history. Okay, we're going to get to that in a second. I just want to, uh, so we don't have to get into it when, because it is also on my list. Um, it, it, it gave, I think, I think Luke just said it, it gave Carolina, like, all right, Ron Francis is willing to come here, although he got paid to come here. We didn't come here because it, there, was, there was nothing altruistic about it. But when he got here, it made, oh, I, okay, I can go there if Francis is going there. And it sort of changed the, fran- it, it gave the franchise some gravitas uh, right away. And obviously it was a big part of O2. And he wouldn't have been here, wouldn't have been here in uh, O2. And, you know, his iteration, second iteration with the with the with the organization, I mean, the average 60 points a year. It's not bad for a guy who's basically at the end and not necessarily playing with tons of he wasn't playing with Lemieux and Yager anymore. And during an era where there wasn't a ton of scoring. Right. He's still a pretty good player. So, uh, all right. What's number four for you, Luke? Uh, number four for me, and, and I wanted to include one recent move on here, and I think it kind of sums up why the Hurricanes have been successful the last couple of years. That's the Vincent Trocheck trade. You acquire a number two center who helps you through a number of uh, a couple seasons uh, for really spare parts. I mean, mm-hmm. they were guys who Lucas Walmart, nice player, East Ida Lutheranian, nice player. Um, you know, these were guys who were just sort of replaceable parts. I mean, a lot like Stephen Lawrence in the Brett Burns trade. It's a guy you like. You like having him on your team. Other teams think he's valuable, but you've got nine more of them in the mm-hmm. AHL. And when you build depth in an organization, then you can make those trades where you trade quantity for quality. And obviously the Hurricanes didn't win a, uh, as much as they would have liked with Trocek at center. But you know, to get a guy like that without really giving up anything, to me that sort of, one of uh, uh, epitomizes to a certain degree the kind of moves the Hurricanes have made lately that allows them to be successful. I think it's you know it's a it's a polar opposite from the the Lindholm Hannafin mm-hmm. Hamilton trade, which was more kind of contract focused. Um, this was basically saying, oh, you like these guys? Well, let's give you nine of them, and you give us a player <laughs> who's much better than any of them. And it, you know, sort of like a, a gaming the system in Madden or NBA Two K. Um, so I, I kind of wanted to include that because I thought it's a significant sort of element. Uh, uh, explaining why the franchise has been more successful recently than it was in the era when they only traded with the Blackhawks. That, that's fair, but I'm I'm shocked you didn't mention Chase Prisky there. How did how did, ah, we, how did Chase, Chase Prisky, Prisky not come up? <laughs> Missed opportunity. <laughs> Florida native went back home. Didn't last long there either. <laughs> what, what and is Walmart with an NHL team right now? I think he went. I think he was playing overseas. I think he went back. Yep. He might be playing in the uh, Swedish league or. Might even be in the KHL. I'm not sure. I uh, I don't know if Walmart I don't advise has, people to go to the KHL no, these it's days. Probably. Well, they're coming from the KHL now over here. Uh, all right. What uh, my number four? Um, 
the free agent signing, and this is a heist too, Ray Whitney. They got him because Detroit, when the salary cap was implemented, Detroit had to buy him out because they couldn't fit everybody under the cap. And the Hurricanes got him essentially for pennies on the dollar. Now he cost late too, right? Very late. So, and Whitney was one of, first of all, selfishly, one of the most fun people to talk with after a game. Uh, where he had a great sense of humor. He was a super teammate and a gamer, a total gamer. And I, I like, I think he was a, a flat star for the Hurricanes for a long time. No doubt. So it's on my list. It, oh, look at that. Look at that. I cheated a little bit, though. I combined it with another free agent signing that also happened within four days of that. Interesting story about how that all went down. Coming out of the lockout, Rutherford and then principal owner Peter Carmano spent some time planning out their target of certain players for the 05-06 season. And from here, I'll let Rutherford take over. We actually met in the Jersey Shore, and the day of free agency, I, I was driving back to Raleigh, and we knew that uh, Paul Correa wanted to uh, come to Raleigh. And uh, that kind of took a quick turn. I got that call uh, on that day telling me that uh, uh, he he wasn't, uh, he'd, he'd made a different decision. He wasn't coming to Raleigh. My wife still talks about this to this day. She knows how mad I was in the car. And then uh, I said, well, that's if he doesn't want to come i i know a player that'll come that that'll bring a lot to us and i phoned ray whitney's agent right then probably within 20 minutes after getting that other news and uh, and signed him right away okay number 3 i had the free agent signings of Corey stillman and ray whitney which happened august 2nd and august 6th of 2005 pretty vividly remember being in new orleans with my wife for the uh, Ray Whitney acquisition. And all day I'd been told we were signing Paul Correa. <laughs> Forgot about that. And then uh, that that fell through. He went to Nashville, and I think we won that one. I think you d- definitely won that one. I don't even remember Paul Correa with Nashville. I really don't. I don't remember Paul Correa playing for Nashville. I definitely remember Corey. Ray Whitney. With <laughs> yes. Corey's, Corey Stone was a classic Jimmy Gets His Man signing. Explain that. Oh, he want he tried to trade for Stillman. I think in the uh, at least twice in the previous four years. Oh, like Andre I mean, Kasha. Know, all, yeah, I mean, or you know, Chuck Kobasu, the great the the one that got away. You know, <laughs> when when Jimmy liked a guy, Ian Cole's another one who ended when he signed him in Pittsburgh. Uh, he was going to go get him eventually. Stillman won a cup with Tampa the year before. Well, before the lockout, he yep. won the cup there. Uh, Luke's, what's number three for you? Number three for me is the Doug Wade trade. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to me, that one meant more than Recky because okay. that was a statement much earlier in the season that the Hurricanes were in it to win it. And again, another trade where you give up a, a mess of pottage, Mike Zingamanis, I think Nicholas Nordgren, bunch of guys who you're not going to miss um, in return for an impact player. Um, and I just remember is how long ago it was. We weren't tweeting or posting stuff on the internet quite yet. Um, I remember that morning I was catching a flight to Montreal. The team was catching a flight to Montreal. Um, Jeremy Rutherford in St. Louis called and said, they just pulled Doug Wade off the ice. Can you see if Carolina is the destination? And I was able to confirm that. And I'm literally the, talking to players on the plane 
ask, they're telling me who's not getting on trying to figure out <laughs> who was going the other direction in the trade. Because if I remember this right, Mike might remember this better. I don't think it was announced by the time the plane took off from Montreal. I feel like that might have happened while you, got, like, while you guys were in the air or something. Because I remember writing it up for online, which is a huge deal for us, like at LaGuardia changing planes on my way to Montreal. Um, but anyway, I, to me, that for twofold. One... Obviously, you add a legit NHL all-star. That's a big deal mm -hmm. for a contending team. But it was, again, the, the statement that it made right. that everyone, nobody would thought Doug Waite was going to the Hurricanes. They were this you know, franchise that had finished dead last two years earlier, and obviously they were a fluke, and this wasn't going to last. But going out and jumping the gun on that, really beating everybody to the auction, um, and getting him for not much at all uh, really set the tone. And, and I, I really believe, at the time and in retrospect, the players on the team took confidence from that, that that sure. had a that had a concrete impact on that team's attitude. Even when Eric Cole got hurt, whatever it was, two weeks, three weeks, a month later, no one ever really flinched because there was a feeling that they could do it. And I, I really believe the Doug Waite trade had a lot to do with that. As you were telling the story about, did people like who who boarded the you know plane who was coming off the plane? All I could think of was it would have been better. If you guys just parachuted guys out of the plane who are in the trade, that would have been tre tremendous. Why? Well, it would have worked if the trade had been with like Pittsburgh and you could just <laughs> kick him out the door as you fly overhead. Let's take a quick break right here and pick up the rest of our best Canes deals on the other side. Lucas Walmart, by the way, is playing in Switzerland and did play in the KHL last season. So I guess I get bonus points. And Paul Correa had two pretty good years for the Predators. But I'll take Ray Whitney any day of the week. But my number three with a backstory after the break. Welcome back to this 25th anniversary Canes Corner podcast special look at the best trades, free agent signings, deals in Carolina Hurricanes history. I'm Adam Gold. I sat down with Hurricanes Vice President of Communications Mike Sundheim and News and Observer columnist Luke DeCock to go over some of the best deals since the move south from Hartford. And I'll pick up with my number three deal, which came with a little friction. Brandon Sutter, Brian Dumoulin, and a 2012 first-round pick for Jordan Stahl. And the backstory is, and this was the source of, most people have had some breakup with Jim Rutherford before. I know, Luke, you have had a breakup with Jim Rutherford before, correct? Like, like one? <laughs> well, <laughs> right, exactly. So this was mine, and it was really my only one. Actually, I shouldn't say it's my only one. It was this, it was, this was the second one. The first one, we, were, we didn't really have a relationship at the time, and it just got off to a rocky start. This one, Jim and I were really good friends for a, as much as I can be friends with Jim Rutherford, uh, and he got mad at me and would not talk to me for a year and a half. I don't have fights. I ex I respect everybody's opinion. So uh I I I uh I just want to okay. straighten that out. I have I have no qualms with you or anybody else. Anyways, uh the Penguins wanted to keep him. Uh he he wanted to leave. I was aware of that. Um they had offered him the same contract that we ended up giving him. Um which 
always when you're talking that kind of term and money, you know, that can be uh, controversial. Big center iceman, two-way player, terrific character at a really young age, you know, and uh, this is the kind of player you can win cups with. Now, you know, it hasn't happened yet, um, but he's still there in Carolina, and uh, he's he's going to give the Hurricanes a better chance to win the cup, just as he did every year that he's been there. Terrific person. When the trade was executed, and I'll, I will admit that it was probably personal because I really liked Brandon Sutter, his dad, Brent was my favorite player as an Islander growing up. And I saw in Sutter what Stahl was, but just a couple of years behind. And I thought, well, didn't didn't you give up a lot for uh, Jordan Stahl? And when we were done with the interview, Jimmy called my phone and left an angry voicemail message <laughs> about how I'm every GM that keeps calling me and telling me why they I, we stole Jordan Stahl from Pittsburgh. I'm like, and 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 that was it. And we did not speak for it had to be a year and a half. He uh, loved that one. Every other GM is telling me what a great trade this is. I must have heard that eleven times. Exactly, but it was a great trade. He's the favorite player of the head coach now. There's I no mean, doubt. We have we don't like the phrase teacher's pet, but. Has Jordan Stahl ever done something wrong in the eyes of Rod Brindamore? Ever. Ever. And he might not have ever done anything wrong, to be honest, but there's no way Rod would Rod would figure out a way to go, yeah, but that's a, that's because of something else. Maybe sure. to his own detriment. <laughs> it's just, he's a rock. Yeah, and, he's very much this era's Rod. Yeah. In a lot of ways. So, I had to put it on the list for just for that reason alone, but it was a pretty good trade. He's, worked out. <laughs> it did work out. We're getting down to the final few deals here, and we're going to have some overlap at the top. But there's always something interesting to learn as we resume with Mike Sundheim's number two all-time transaction. This is where I have the Ozilinch trade. Okay. Right. Bringing in Brett, Brett Hedekin, Kevin Adams, previously discussed. <laughs> what did you think when they made that trade? Or did you not, because it was so you were so young at that point... No, I mean, I was. I understood that a lot of people were frustrated with Sandus at that right. point. I admittedly didn't know a ton about the guys we were bringing in yet, mm-hmm. um, but it seemed like something that made sense, and it certainly made Jim happy, which makes me happy. <laughs> it's just I don't know why that makes me laugh, but it makes me laugh. Uh, all right, Luke, number two. Same trade for me, uh, the, the Ozilinch-Adams-Hedekin trade. And, and I mean, I can say that at, at the time, I didn't realize what, like, a good guy Kevin Adams was. I mean, really one of the, the great guys to play mm. for this franchise, as, as, as it would turn out. A two-time winner of the Joseph Wasichek Award for media cooperation. I think Jordan Stahl is the only other one, only other players won it twice. I mean, we... We try as a hockey professional hockey writers association chapter not to give it out. Mm -hmm. You know, we try to spread it around. I mean, that's deliberate as we want to give as much positive reinforcement to the guys who are good with the media as we can. But sometimes it's it's unavoidable and inescapable. Kevin Adams is one of those guys, and I I I had always sort of like on NHL whatever drafted Brett Hedekin because he was such a good skater in the game, and I had a scout tell me one time if people would stop thinking of this guy as a power play guy just because he skates so well 
then they're going to stop being unhappy with him because everyone's like, oh, you know, he skates so well. Why is he only putting up 35 points or whatever? And to his credit, you know, both Paul Maurice and Peter Laviolette basically said, you know, just just go play. Like, mm-hmm. just go do your thing. You don't, And they didn't use him on the power play, and they didn't ask him to be an offensive guy. And it turns out that Brett Hedekin was just a really smooth skating, sort of dependable defenseman who could move the puck. I mean, I think no one's going to confuse him for Brent Burns, but he could play in today's NHL without a, without blinking because mm-hmm. he could move so well and he was had made a good first pass and all those things. So um, to take a guy like Sandus Ozolinch, who was very polarizing, um, I don't think he was ever fully healthy with the Hurricanes. There was just a lot of hard miles there. Um, to, and replace him with a super dependable guy who fit what you were trying to do um, under multiple coaches, as it turned out, and add a guy who, for a contending slash winning team, Kevin Adams is just your perfect fourth line center. He only needs to play eight, nine, 10, 11 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. He kills penalties. He's a leader. His teammates like him. He'll go down and block a pronger shot and break his wrist and keep playing. I yep. mean, he was just, he was just the kind of guy you need to win. And, and quite frankly, that O2 team, despite all of the guys who have since gone on into broadcasting and management and coaching and all of that still had that sort of, there was a, at times an immaturity about it. And Hedekin and Adams really helped sort of stabilize things. They were like the gelatin, the last packet of gelatin that goes in and lets the mold set up. There were plenty of leadership in that room, but adding those two guys for the next four years in 02 and 06 really, really stabilized things. So that's why I had that as, as number two. Yeah, Kevin was just as solid a person Every time Rod talks about uh, bringing players in, I think about the players that were in that room in 02 and 06, and he, like they think character first. And in terms of what you are as a player, your character as a player, and the person also matters. I guess it's not 100% because sometimes you have to make some decisions that you're not 100% on board with. Uh, but Adams and Hedekin, man, you couldn't have brought in two more solid human beings. Everybody has the same number one, right? I don't know that we do, but... Oh, come on! Rod... Somebody could have a different version of it. it Keith Primo for Jean-Marc Peltier. Yeah, I, that's, not my number, that's not my number one. I think Mike and I probably have the same number one. I, I do have the, I have, the, I have the trade itself at number See, one. See, I, I have the re-signing okay. as, as number one. It's good for you. Yeah. A little different part of I, that. I, I debated it. I... I don't. I don't. I. I know where he's going with this, and he's not wrong. But right. I had the initial I'm, trade just because that's what initially brought him right. here. I'm actually surprised, Mike. I figured Adam would have the trade, and you would have the re-signing. I have. Uh, yes, I have uh, <clears throat> Keith Primo, a fifth rounder for Rod Brindamore, the second round, a second round pick as well, and Jean-Marc Pelletier. Okay, as the Hurricanes were getting ready to move into their new home, the Entertainment and Sports Arena, it was called at the time. There was a pretty long and bitter contract dispute with Keith Primo, their captain. He was their leading scorer, their best player, arguably. And it was not fun times as the Canes were trying to put their best foot forward in their new home and coming off a playoff bid and a division title, it just made matters worse. So Jim Rutherford put the word out that Primo, a big, talented, athletic center, was available for trade. And among several teams that were interested was Philadelphia. But if that was going to happen, there was one player that had to be in the deal. Right away, we told them if there was a deal in Philadelphia, it had to be Rod Brindamore. It was twofold. They didn't want to trade him, and he was hurt. He had a broken ankle or a broken foot. 
And we said, that's fine. We'll just wait. We'll wait till it heals. And time went along. It hadn't totally healed, but we got to a point where Keith didn't return to the team. And we told Philadelphia we were we were going to make a move at that point, and we would take uh, Rod, despite the fact he was still uh, trying to get through this injury. And the key to that was we knew he was a good player, a good two-way player, but also, again, it was the culture of our team and the leadership and, and those things that you need to win. And so it was a very important acquisition as as history has shown. You didn't know at the time that you were uh, acquiring somebody who would essentially become the franchise, did you? No, you never know that, but you know certain people have all the qualities to, to do that. And uh, and so anything that has happened in the past and what will happen in the future with Roddy, I'm not surprised about. This is, as we all know, very special person and just a phenomenal hockey guy. Let's pick it back up with Luke DeCock of the News and Observer. We're in Kitchener for rookie camp. Um, the Brindamore deal is close. And Mike and I finish up as a practice day. We finish up and we get in the car and we, my, I think it was my rental car, and we drive to Toronto to go watch the Blue Jays play the Yankees. Yep. <laughs> and we had to stop at a Kinko's in Mississauga so I could write up the Brindamore signing and get it in the paper and get it online. A Kinko's. Um, yeah, nice. I think it was a Kinko's. Whatever, that was, that was back in the days when there were no Kinko's. Anyway, <laughs> the, the point is, and here's why I have it ahead of the trade. I, I can't argue with the trade, obviously. Rod Brindamore, when he got here, wanted to leave. Yeah. He's been pretty open about this over the years. Yep. What am I doing here? I've come played in hockey markets. This is a joke. And this is going to get into important games later on. But he saw the potential here. And I don't think anything that's happened over the last 21 years, 02, 06, 09, the All-Star game, this resurgence after the post-Ron Francis, Bill Peters era, I don't know that any of that happens if Rod Brindamore doesn't take the leap of faith and say, this is where I want to be in the fall of 2001. I, it, it really, in a lot of ways, is more important than Francis, more important than the trade that brought him here, more important than, than anything else that's happened with this franchise because his individual personality is now so threaded through every success this franchise has had. Yep. And it took that leap of faith at that point. If he had played out his contract, they would have traded him in January. He could have gone anywhere. Um, to me, that's the single most important transaction in the, in the history of this franchise. Was Rutherford worried that he'd lose Brindamore to free agency? Well, you always have that concern when, you, when you're dealing with unrestricted free agents. We, we always take chances, and some, some work out and some don't. But, uh, but this worked out. I mean, he got here. He's like, uh, like all the people in, in the triangle. They, you know, they've either lived there their whole life or they moved there and they love the place. And uh, that's what happened to Roddy. He is the most important person. No doubt. No offense to Peter Carmanos, who brought the team here. Steve Stroud, who's got a street in between Carter Finley Stadium and the arena. Uh, we should just put, I don't know, statues of Rod at every intersection. Just just do it. I well, let's let's see him win something as a coach first. Oh, chill. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put the player statue out there now. We can put the coach one out when he wins right, one here. Right, there you go. Those are our lists. 
From Ron Francis coming via free agency to the trades for Hedekin and Adams and Stahl, signings of Whitney, and making the moves for Rod and Willie, those are our thoughts. Just three guys. Three guys who love the team. Thanks to Mike Sundheim and the Hurricanes and Luke DeCock of the News and Observer for their thoughts. But what about the favorites of the guy who made most of those deals? That's next, after the break. Before we go, we had our say. But which were the favorite trades or deals of Jim Rutherford? If you look at uh, Danny Markoff's age at the time and getting a young player and Justin Williams, you know, that that one, and, and of course, the, the Brindamore one. Those, those two were, were a big reason that there's a Stanley Cup in Carolina. Rod Brindamore and Justin Williams, two of the best, names both on the cup, and maybe they will be again. Next time, the best games in franchise history. This is the Canes Corner Podcast 25th Anniversary Special. I am Adam Gold. Thanks to Rusty Helzer. This is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Give us a follow, and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Hey, I want to drive the Zamboni. Yes, I do. The Canes Corner Podcast is a part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.